You're listening to The Zachary Fox Show, a podcast hosted by Zachary Matthew Fox, a high school student intending on sharing his life through podcast. I hope you guys enjoy my first interview with uh, Mr. Dan Kistler. He is my high school teacher, and he has been for the past four years at my school, uh, Heritage, in Hudson, North Carolina. And so I'm super honored that uh, he would allow me to sit down with an interview uh, just basically conducting an interview about his uh, past and his current career in teaching education, of course, uh, middle school and high school. He has had a major impact on my life, uh, inspired me to be a teacher, and so I was honored to sit down with him for this interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. My first question is, why did you decide to become a teacher? Well, I think I may have mentioned this to you guys before in class, but you know, I was sitting in a in a Bible class, uh, my junior year, I think it was, and uh, kind of trying to decide what, you know, what do I want to do with my life when I get out of college. And uh, while I was thinking about all that and kind of just running it through my mind, the teacher spoke up and said, you know, have you ever thought about what you enjoy doing in life? Maybe a direction the Lord wants to take you in your life. And I'll be honest with you, I never thought about that. You know, and I, I wanted to, to teach, you know, I love history. I wanted to teach, wanted to coach basketball. That was probably as great a desire as anything, and, and that's what got me started going down that path. From that point on, you know, all my classes, you know, my, my mindset changed. Um, where I started looking and listening sermons and looking for the Lord's direction in my devotions, you know, toward teaching, and the Lord definitely, you know, led that direction. So that's what got it going. Right. Okay. Uh, what would you say is your teaching philosophy? Um, okay, are you talking about, uh, like, as far as dealing with students, or? Basically, just the how you teach and what okay. style you okay, use. Okay, I got you. All right, let me, let me put it this way. I believe that um, in order to be an effective teacher, obviously, you got to love your students. You know, all that's understood. But I think, as far as teaching history, you've got to make the past relate to the present, Okay. Kids have got to see how what they're studying uh, relates to today. Okay, you know, I've joked with you guys, you know, history's not dates and dead people. If that's all that, that kids think it is, you're never going to reach them. They're never going to see. You know, part of being a teacher is to inspire learning in the future. You know, once they leave your classroom where they have a desire to learn more, they'll never do that if you don't, if you don't make the past relate to today, relate to the present. So... Uh, and the future, and if you can do that, I think you become an effective teacher. Right, and so uh, going back to uh, loving your students, what is your classroom management structure? Um, okay, okay. We, uh, I, I take this approach. You know, I've only got like one rule in class, <laughs> okay, when I'm talking, you're not, okay, and I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, I think the less rules, the better. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, you lay a bunch of heavy rules and that's all the kids think about. It hinders discussion. It hinders question-answer times. It, it, um, I want to keep it as open. You know, like I tell the kids, I'll, you can ask any question. You know, I don't guarantee I can answer it, but I'll try. Um, hopefully it's related to what we're talking about. But sometimes kids want to know things that's not directly related to what we're discussing. Um, if they can't ask in class, then where can they? You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's kind of the structure. And as long as anybody doesn't challenge that, 
you know, I like the, the give and take, you know, and I don't mind a little bit of, you know, you know, give and take between students, you know, if we're talking about something, that's okay, as long as it doesn't get out of hand, you know, and normally, you know, if you take that approach, uh, kids respond pretty well. What would you say hinders um, the relationship between a student, a teacher, a teacher and a parent, or um, a teacher or and a teacher? Okay, um, you know, you hear it all the time, but it's true, communication. You know, you got to be able to communicate with your students. You got they got to be able to feel they can communicate with you. Uh, the same thing's true between teachers and parents. You know, you got to have open lines of communication with them. Uh, you know, we send home quizzes, tests, but you know, even more than just that. You know, talking to parents. You know, when we have parent-teacher meetings, talk to parents. You know, stay informed with them. Call them if you have an issue, whatever. Uh, that keep those open lines of communication. And the same thing's true teacher to teacher. You know, I think our faculty here gets along really well, you know, because we communicate uh, with each other, you know, keep open lines of communication. It's right. Really important. What would you say? Um, I do. I students should be coming. I'm going to see if I can find Okay, you. okay. All right. Okay. How would you say that, um, obviously, the pandemic has affected us mm -hmm. in multiple ways, causing uh, us to be closed down for a while? Right. Uh, how... How would you say, uh, in like obviously we're obviously we're living in a time that's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. You can't really predict. Mm -hmm. And uh, how would you say that this would affect your teaching in the future? Um, you mean as far as style or as far as okay that style? Yes. Um, well, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, you you need to try to get in everything you can teach your students uh, on time because of the fact you don't know, I don't think we know for sure when we're going to be shut down again, right. okay? And of course if students have to learn at home they can do that it, it's not the same as being in class you know, sitting under an instructor so uh, because of the type of setting that we're in now and so many people are scared, you know, going to school, I think we as teachers have a golden opportunity to influence our kids and we better take advantage of it while we have the opportunity because uh, we never know when we may get shut down we may not see our students except you know, like we did last year once a week you know right. for for months so you better take advantage of the opportunity try to impart knowledge and i don't mean Zach, just knowledge on the subject we're talking about obviously that and i'm talking about life knowledge that'll help you in life you understand what right. i'm saying and i believe there, there are spiritual lessons uh, practical lessons you can learn in every subject that will help you in life. So, you know, I would say take advantage of that while you got the opportunity because you never know when you may be shut down again. Right, and uh, just kind of reflecting on uh, some things you said, uh, what what would be the best method that is that is con like common in your teaching style that helps you uh, helps you make your students understand? what you're teaching if they struggle with certain things. Okay, um, you know, I, I like giving illustrations, okay, practical illustrations. And uh, like I've told you guys, I think, before, the more positive influences or positive uh, events that you've had occur in your life, the more illustrations you have to give to help kids understand some some principle you're trying to teach or some some truth that you're trying to teach. So illustrations are absolutely essential. And it helps them even on a test. You know, they may not understand a certain question and then you can tell them, hey, you remember when we talked about this is 
Oh yeah, I get it. You see what I'm saying? Right. So uh, positive experiences, uh, illustrations, obviously help help clar clarify things that are difficult to understand. Right. Thank you. How do you assess students' progress? Well, obviously, you know grades. Uh, you know that's that's very clear. You know you look at that, um, but also uh, I assess progress by. Their response in class you know are they are they interested are they asking questions uh, you you know grades don't always tell everything uh, a, a student may struggle on their grades but they can still be making progress if they are developing desire for learning and they want to learn and they're improving you know not everybody's you, know, you can have a kid make straight A's and not really be progressing you know he's not really growing as an individual he's not really developing a thirst for knowledge that he will carry into the future. So it's more than just grades. Grades is the obvious one, but you know, how are kids responding in class? Are they interested? Are they engaged? Are they asking questions? And that becomes the teacher's job to try to motivate them to do that. The, the way we uh, approach the class, the things that we, questions I ask you in class, sets the stage for them to be interested. So, um, and again, this thing of relating present you know, what's happening now to the past is absolutely essential if, if kids are going to progress. Right. Okay, have to. Well, uh, with progression, uh, is a common uh, discussion is behavior. Yeah. And uh, behavior kind of fluctuates depending on the age mm -hmm. uh, level, the grade level, mm -hmm. and the maturity yeah. level. Uh, what are some of the best strategies for behavior issues inside the classroom and then outside of the classroom? Okay. I think you can take the approach of just cracking down on everything. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't work well. I think that just breeds um, contempt and rebellion. You know, if you're overly harsh, been there, done that, okay, when I first started teaching. Obviously, you could be too lax too, but I think the one thing that helps control the class, one is you gotta know your subject matter as the teacher. You gotta keep the class moving, okay? That solves a lot of discipline issues, plus, Fairness. I think you need to try to be fair with your students. In other words, treat everybody, and I know every student's individually different, but as far as your response to them, you got to try to be fair with them. Consistent, maybe the best word with them. And, uh, you know, I've down through 37 years of teaching, I've had what I would consider very little, you know, discipline issues. So that would be my suggestion, you know. You could crack down and, you know, threaten with a D-haul for every, that doesn't work long term, okay? What we're looking for is long-term success, okay, right. and uh, you know, long-term discipline in the student's life themselves. Now, you, you discipline when they're in front of you, but you want your, I think as a teacher and, and even as a parent, you're aiming for them to discipline themselves when you're not around, okay? Well, they need to know from you that you're fair and that, that you care about them. Uh, yes, you've got to have order. Absolutely you do, but how you approach it, I think, uh, changes the entire atmosphere of the classroom. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And why did you choose, uh, obviously, beside your uh, faith, why did you choose Christian education over public education? Uh, honestly, Zach, I'd never make it in the public school um, in this regard. Uh, the Bible relates to everything that we teach, okay, be it history, math, science, whatever. I do think the field of history and science. There's so much uh, illustrations of biblical truth. There's so many opportunities to uh, bring in 
biblical truth into a history class, science class, uh, whatever. And you have to do that because you're not just teaching the subject. You are, but you're also teaching life lessons that will be used in the future. You've heard the old expression, I don't remember everything I was taught, but I'll never forget my teachers. Well, the reason why you don't forget that teacher is because of the life lessons they taught you. So I couldn't do that, Zach, in the public education field. Right. I, I, you know, you'd constantly, I'd constantly be catching myself, watching you, make sure I didn't say, I can't live that way. i got to have liberty when the Lord brings something to your heart to deal with it. And he will. That's one of the neat things about, you know, any kind of public speaking setting is you can plan out everything you're going to say, and you will as a teacher, but then there'll be things that come up that you never planned on talking about at all that the Lord wanted you to talk about. Well, you got to have the liberty to do that. In the public education system, you don't have any of that liberty to right. do that. So that's why, even if I made 10 times what I make now, I'd still choose teaching in Christian school, you know, in a private right. school, because of the liberty that I have to do what I just described to you. Sure. Uh, how has teaching been beneficial to you? Um, well, um, you know, when I first started teaching, I was, um, I guess all teachers are this way. They're kind of self-focused. Um, and what I mean by that is, is you are concerned about um, looking good to your students. Okay? What if they ask a question I can't answer? You know, that will look bad. As you mature as a teacher, you mature as an individual. Uh, I'll give you two answers that how it's helped me. One is it's helped me get the focus off of me. If I don't know an answer to something, there's no shame in saying you don't know. Now, you know, the first few years you teach, you, you fear that. You know, what if they ask something I don't know or whatever. The, the older you get and the more experience you get, you realize nobody knows everything, and if you don't know, tell them that. Uh, the other thing I would say that I think I've benefited, you know, from as a teacher, not only getting the focus off of self, because if you're going to be an effective teacher, your focus cannot be on you. Um, kids will do funny things in class. Some of those funny things, they might challenge you a little bit. You can't take it personal. Okay, if, you're, if your focus is on you, you'll take it personal. You get offended and you'll lash out. can't do that. Okay, a lot of things can be solved with humor. They can. Okay, so, you know, you learn to get the focus off yourself, being a teacher. The other thing uh, I think has helped me, too, is... Uh, to become more, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. Um, I've told you before, Zach, you know, you only got one person in life to please and nothing to prove. Um, you become more relaxed with yourself uh, and you learn a lot about yourself uh, being a teacher. Maybe I could word it this way. I heard a, a, a guy I had as a teacher in high school when I told him I was going to go into the teaching field. He said this to me. He said, the best way to learn any subject matter is by teaching it to learn the Bible by teaching the Bible, to learn history by teaching history. Now, obviously, you have to have some basic knowledge, but you look at things differently when you're teaching it to somebody else. You're trying to ask yourself, how can I communicate this to them and make them understand this? It's not just I'm giving them these facts. Anybody can do that. You could just, I could get them just read to you what the book says. That doesn't help you. Right. How do I communicate this in a way that's alive and real and it will affect their life long term? Um, you know, life's not about you then. You're trying to help your students. And, um, you know, like I told you guys in speech class, uh, people not listening will bother you the more experienced you get because you're a lot, your teaching is not about you. It's about them. It's about them getting what you're talking to them about. And uh, the focus comes off you, and 
you learn a lot about yourself and about life teaching other people because you've got a whole classroom of of different lives that maybe their life is different than yours and doesn't mean theirs is wrong, yours is right, or vice versa. Uh, but you're, you, the big thing is you're, you're losing your focus on you and you're helping somebody else. And to me, that, that's helpful to anybody. And, you know, teaching is a, Zach, it's a, uh, it's a demanding job. It's an exhausting job because you're talking all the time. And you'll find this out. You'll go home and go, man, I just want to peace and quiet, you know, because you're used to hearing your own voice all the time. But it's a very humbling job because if you're going to be effective, it can't be about you. It's got to be about them. And, uh, you know, it'll change you when life becomes not about you but about those you're working with. And that's always a positive thing. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Uh, so the last question I want to ask is through uh, your uh teaching career mm -hmm. uh, things have changed drastically mm -hmm. even in the past uh, eight months right. things have changed drastically what has helped you uh, stay the course and uh, not help not not <coughs> changed uh, not caused you to change your style but helped you to update it uh, to suit the time frame or time that you're living in okay let me say say this uh, it's a great question that's a great question. Obviously, technology has changed everything. And you know I'm not a big technology person, uh, even though, you know, at times I think we ought to use it. I, I think we got to be careful, though, about thinking we have to have the latest technology because what happens is students become bored with it. And uh, I think I may have told you guys, or I know I mentioned it in one of my classes this past week, record players are making a comeback because to kids nowadays, that's a new technology. It's actually really old, but nobody's ever seen it so I would say this yes you got to adjust with the times but resist temptation as a teacher to think you got to have the latest technology here is what I think makes a good teacher uh, yes you need to use technology but don't let it control you you're still in charge uh, your subject matter how you make it come alive how you make it relevant all of that is the most important thing and if you, if you realize, look, I don't have to know all the latest technology. I don't have to keep up with all the latest technology. What I do have to do, and this is the thing, Zach, that never does change. Knowledge of your subject matter, you know, history is history. Regardless of how old it gets, it's still the same. The facts are still the same. Uh, you're adding continually to your history because history is continually being made. But you've got, as a teacher, you've got to know what the facts are so that when you're presenting these things to students, you know you're speaking the truth. Uh, yes, use the technology, what you can, but don't be controlled by it. Because I've learned this, uh, Zach, uh, it's not always the technology that kids are interested in. It's the, it's the personal connection the teacher has with the student. And, uh, and if you can do that, you know, I don't think you ever get tired of doing that. You know, I don't think you get burnt out. Um, if I had to, if I had to keep up with the latest technology, I, that'd drive me crazy. That's one of the reasons why I'm not into it because it's a never-ending process of constantly new stuff coming out. If you try to keep up with that forever, it'll never happen. So, find what your niche is in teaching. You, every teacher has a certain style they like. Right. Okay. If that's your strength, 
stick with it. Now, I'm not saying you can't learn, you can't improve, you can't use other, but you know what your strength is, use that to your advantage, and um, and it'll work, and you won't get burnout, you won't get, uh, you know, longevity in this field will, will last if you can do that, I think, okay? Right. That's what I've tried to do, and you model, a lot of times you're teaching after people that taught you that were effective in your life. I know I've done that. My history teacher, my basketball coach I told you about, I teach very much like him. Bob, my Bible teacher, Bob Dalton, teach very much like him. Um, because their style helped me. Right. Okay, if it helped me, then it'll help. If I use it, it'll help other people. Mm -hmm. So, does that make sense? It does. Well, I want to thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, interview. Uh, for let, to let me interview you. I want to thank you for the impact you've had on my life throughout uh, the four years that I've been here at Heritage. And uh, you've definitely helped me and uh, inspired me to become a teacher. So I, I thank you for taking the time and Absolutely. thank you for uh, dedicating your whole life to uh, teaching. And I really appreciate it. I seriously mean this. It's people like you that make it worthwhile. Thank so you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome.